Hello and welcome back to the All Things Strongman podcast. We're on to episode five now. If you've not noticed the theme, we're going through the guys that are competing at Britain's Strongest Man. Uh, episode four, if you've not heard it, was with Kane Francis. You can go and catch that on Spotify and YouTube right now. But today we've got Kane's best friend, or as he said a little bit earlier, carer, acquaintance, poor, poor guy that brings him along to shows, things like that. But he's, of course, Shane, Shane Flowers, um, the reigning SCL England champion uh, in 2023. also podiumed at the Strongman Open in Cardiff and at the Magnus for Magnuson Classic. Uh, but the biggest title that he earned in 2023 was uh, the one of Dad. How is uh, little Ronnie doing? Yeah, he's doing well. Um, like I said before, we had technical <laughs> um, He's just growing up so fast. It's crazy. I know everyone... Everybody tells you that, um, but literally, you're just seeing this little guy transform daily. Um, and he's in that phase at the moment now where he's starting to pick up little bugs here and there, and he's getting illnesses and stuff. And um, it's pretty tricky as a first time father to see that. But um, yeah, he's coping well. The missus is obviously, um, she's a, a superwoman. So I wouldn't, I'd be absolutely screwed without her. But yeah, yeah everything's going well. Yeah. How's, how's it been learning to train? around obviously helping out with the with the childcare um it's just compromise here and there when need be obviously it's it's I, I don't even have to negotiate with myself you know if, if i need to disappear and i need to go into the house to look after him or you know if i need to postpone training for a day or whatever then it just so be it you just crack on but um to be honest with you mate my routine now is way better suited to training than what it was before i became a dad anyway um my my work situation and everything else is just dialed in now. So pre Ronnie turning up, I was working crazy hours, um, you know, upwards of 80, 90 a week. Whereas now I'm, I'm not even in that job anymore. I'm just an online coach now. So I'm at home most of the time, do a little bit of work with my sponsors here and there. Um, other than that, I'm at home. So yeah, it's been um, a big adjustment the last sort of six, seven months now, but um, we're on the right path. How's that switch been from leaving kind of your job before to now just doing the coaching? Um, there's a funny backstory to this, actually. I'll, I'll talk you through it briefly. Probably can't say too much. But um, <laughs> basically, when I got the call-up for Giants Live Cardiff, it was two weeks. They gave mm-hmm. me two weeks notice. And my old workplace required me to give them a month's notice for a single day off. Right. And um, obviously, I just turned around to my employer and I said, listen, I've got an opportunity here. And I'm going to take it, whether basically whether you like it or not. Um, fortunately, Cardiff went really well for me. I hit the podium, got a you know a world invite and a decent chunk of prize money because I needed it. I went went into work the next week and they just turned around and said, "See you later." So, um, right. yeah, it's, um, I was interested in getting back into my coaching anyway. I've dabbled in and out of online coaching and personal training for like the last sort of ten years now. So it was in my interest to get back into coaching anyway. But obviously. When I was out of a job, it was just that was the next thing that I got straight into. So just got just got stuck into that the best I could, and it's it's blossomed really well the last sort of four months. Now I've got a decent team of people, decent team of lads and lasses, all smashing it. And obviously, you know, I'm supporting them with their training, but equally, I say this to them all the time: they're supporting me with my journey to World's Strongest Man now. Um, you know, from a financial standpoint and, and stuff like that. So it's been. Um, it was a tricky process to begin with, obviously quite a lot of stress and stuff, but it's set up now so I can just kind of relax 
and crack on with it. Bit of a blessing in disguise then, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a, it didn't feel like a blessing during the, you know, the phone call, but... Um, no, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine that wasn't a uh, fun phone call to have yeah. everything Street, going through your mind. A massive high from Cardiff. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm buzzing. And then go back into work Monday and they're like, see you later. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, a rocky road there. But oh, hopefully the online coaching continues yeah. to flourish and, and support you, obviously through it. And then hopefully there'll be a few more great podium finishes that can help with a bit of prize money as well along the way. Yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, I never want to like resort to relying on prize money now. Yeah. Uh, all the all the prize money just goes either into the house or into the gyms, um, and I see them as like a reinvestment. So. Um, I'll never rely on that as like no. you know to, to pay the bills to put food on the table, but they're nice, they're nice little bonuses here and there. Yeah. Nice, no, too many variables in it to rely on on prize money, but it's it's nice when it happens. Uh, yeah. Obviously, obviously, you're in this spot to ultimately win titles, and one title you did win last year was the SEL England uh, yeah. competition. Um, how did it feel winning that competition, sort of midway midway through 2023? Um, yeah, that was. I can't remember now. I think it was. August or September mm. um, Ronnie was two or three months at the time so um, I distinctly remember when I went away for that competition um, I had like the best night's sleep that I had in like three months um, <laughs> um, yeah it's decent uh, training was somewhat okay for it I sort of just I didn't properly prepare and peak for it like I would in a, an ordinary show like a Giants Live show yeah. I just kind of took it in my stride um, and the competition went well. I made quite a lot of mistakes, to be fair. Um, but I needed that sort of com- that competition just to blow the cobwebs out a little bit. Because even though it was only from the date of Europe's Strongest Man, which was my competition beforehand, was in April. So from April to August, it was only sort of four or five months. But it felt like a year, obviously, because of what happened between those two competitions and the massive adjustment and stuff. So I just needed that competition to blow the cobwebs out. And um, yeah, I did the job. Yeah, then the good little comps, the especially the SEL England comp. Uh, yeah, if many people don't know, run by Eddie Monks at Unbreakable Promotions, and I know from speaking to a few people, comps that Eddie puts on are, are really well done. Um, yeah. Is it great? Obviously, you've had experience of following, probably, and hearing from Kane about the SEL SEL competitions. Um, yeah. I feel like they're a great way to for strong men to keep almost that themselves ticking over with the frequency obviously that they happen yeah. is it great to yeah, have those sort of comps they're not crazy heavy yeah nor are they like um a giant style where it's so fast paced they're still pro shows there's still a high level of competition yeah. at the same time they're good for people that are regularly dipping in and out of giant style to go and do because i feel like it just keeps you sharp and then also with scl they quite often use sort of unorthodox equipment like we had the viking walk yeah in, which is something that you can't really replicate in training so you just have to be adaptable and strong so that's why i feel like it's good to do scls and stuff and i'll probably do a couple more this year to be fair depending on the locations and stuff i think i'm already down to do england again as um reigning champ um so i'll be looking forward to doing that and then i want to try and fill my calendar with mostly Giants Live, obviously I've got Britain's, um, maybe Europe's, I don't know yet. Um, Worlds is obviously booked in. And then I've got <coughs> a couple of others lined up here and there, but SEOs are good to kind of slot in here and there. If you're going to have a period of like three or four months, mm. um, 
yeah, I kind of I kind of want to keep um, sort of sharp when it comes to competition and not get too stagnant, so to speak. You you mentioned it there. You've obviously booked your place at the twenty twenty four World's Strongest Man. Uh, yeah. I know I know speaking to you kind of throughout twenty twenty three, especially around the time where the invites went out for the twenty twenty three World's Strongest Man, there were a little bit of disappointment appointment yeah. within yourself, man- not managing quite managing to get there. Yeah, uh, last year to be able to book your spot there and earn it, obviously with that podium at the Strongman Open, how how pleased with yourself uh, were you, kind of <laughs> at Cardiff? Um, it just felt like a bit of redemption to be honest with you. I didn't, I wouldn't say I felt cheated out of twenty twenty three Worlds because I didn't technically qualify, mm. um, but at the same time I knew that. Basically, if I didn't fuck up at Britain's like I did last year, then I was a good candidate to go back to Worlds again. Um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've booked the spot now, it's set in stone, and then um, I'm just looking. I need to get back to Worlds really and, and ride some wrongs. Obviously, I did 2022, mm. and that went completely pear shaped as well with an injury before it even fucking started. So um, yeah, I need to write that wrong as well. But it's good to know that I've got Worlds banked and. Um, it's even good for things like Britons. This is what I was saying to Ken the other day. Like, quite a lot of the British lads now, Britons is at the start of the year and it sets the tone and it can almost dictate your competition calendar mm. for the rest of the year, depending on how you perform or not. And obviously, I didn't perform very well last year and it kind of screwed me over a little bit. But um, I had the luxury this year that, regardless of how Britons goes, I've still got my world spot. So it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Whereas people, um, sort of in that position where they're fighting for a spot, they really need to pull something out at uh, Britain's this year. Otherwise, you know, they could pretty much screw up their whole competition calendar if they if they mess up like I did. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it, 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 I guess it is that feeling of I haven't got to get a podium at Brits. It's not going to dictate sort of your preparation. It's not going to be in your mind. Almost yeah. obviously, you want to do well at, at, at Britain's Strongest Man, and we'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, yeah. But having that security blanket must have that invite already secured, it must be great. Just takes the pressure off a little bit. Um, you know, it doesn't change anything. I'm still gonna prep just as I would if yeah. it if it was do or die. But yeah, it does certainly just take the pressure off and I feel like it puts me in a slightly more advantageous position compared to others that are potentially required to do well at Brits. So yeah. That whole strongman open competition for yourself, um, I know you were coming in, we, we spoke just after kind of you finished the whole competition and we had a little bit of chat and I, I, I know I, I congratulated you on your podium. Um, but you also then shared with me that you'd been like deathly ill in the lead up to it and you were like, I'm really not sure how I've just got through that. Yeah, it was, um, I always, so I was at, at the time I got a call up for Cardiff, uh, for, for kind of, sorry, um, I was prepping for England's Strongest Man. Mm. And that competition was completely opposite to what was required for me for Cardiff. So England's, I needed to be fit, fast, relatively light body weight for me. Um, whereas Cardiff, obviously, max deadlift. The events for Cardiff were just suited towards me being heavier. So when I got that two-week cooler, I went from about 152 kilos straight up to about 160 within within that short time um, and then I also sort of picked up like a chest infection didn't think much of it but the chest infection accompanied with the extra 
stone and a half of body weight really screwed me over on the day. Yeah. Um, my lungs were just, it was after the, um, the loading medley. I just couldn't catch my breath. I ended up um, being taken backstage to the ambulance crew and they were testing blood oxygen saturation and stuff. And I'd be monitoring it with my work strap that I usually wear anyway. Um, and it was it was in low nineties pretty much the whole week, so it, was, it wasn't it wasn't great. Mm. And then um, you know they had me on respirators and stuff. And then wow. I don't know how the, the hardest event of that entire competition for me was the wrecking ball hold because mm. I was just you can see it even in the interviews after the the event I was just completely wiped out. Um, wasn't in a position really health wise to be at that show, but. I saw an opportunity. I looked at the lineup. I looked at the events when I got the call up, and I figured, you know, if I give everything to this show, <clears throat> there's a potential for a podium, and then I wouldn't need to do Indians to go to Brits to go to Worlds. Or I could just bypass all of that, hmm. get my podium, get my world spot, and then sort of settle down. Yeah, and that's exactly what you managed to do, which I'm sure he was extremely happy about, and that. Yeah, I was I quite sick after Cardiff. I remember I, I went back to the hospital um, to check my lungs and they, they put me in for an emergency chest X-ray and it turns out I had, I can't remember the, the specific terminology, but I had liquid in my lungs. And I've had, I've had bad lungs anyway. I've always had um, pretty poor lung function. I had pneumonia pretty bad when I was a kid um, several times and pleurisy as well. So my lungs just aren't great anyway. That's why you'll often see me with an inhaler. I, I'm not technically asthmatic. Um, but I just, I need it otherwise. Even now, I've just finished an events training session. I can feel my lungs start to get a bit sort of raspy. Um, so it's an issue that I'm sort of dealing with, but um, that's why I ended up pulling out of um, <clears throat> England's Strongest Man as well, because after the chest X-ray and stuff, my, my health weren't great, um, nor was it required for me to continue pushing for prep for England's. So I just I just knocked it on the head, really. And I, I think it was a wise decision to make, really, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely got to take your your own health into consideration when you're looking at these competitions. It's it's great to obviously see you perform and obviously push for these podiums, but if it's at the detriment to your own health, it's 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 not something that anybody wants to see. Is obviously any of you guys end up pushing beyond your body's limits and ending up ending up putting yourself in a in a bad way. Yeah. So, so very smart. So thank thank you for from the fans for taking care of yourself. Really, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you sort of just to kind of round up the chat around you. Twenty twenty three, you ended the year obviously <laughs> in, um, heading out to Iceland and the uh, Magnus for Magnuson Classic. A uh, little bit of a different kind of competition. I'm I'm, I'm sure you can agree. Uh, but how was that experience for you? It was. I'll put it on record. It was by far the most enjoyable competition I've ever had. Um, it was also my first international show if you exclude world strongest man where i did two events and then pulled out this was my first actual competition overseas that i've done uh, for strongman anyway um and then also my first multi-day show so it was three days um three events each day nine events in total one of the reasons why i was selected to do that show anyway um firstly i love iceland um, i went there on holiday for my birthday last year and um and Magnus dropped me a message and I said, listen, mate, I'd, I'd love to come back to Iceland if you ever want to, um, you know, put me into your competition. I'd absolutely love to do it. And thankfully, I got the invite. <clears throat> One of the reasons I chose that show was simply because how, again, how unorthodox the kit was. Yeah. It's not something that you can particularly train on. You just have to be 
adaptable and strong. And um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. To be with you. Some things didn't go quite to plan, but overall, I think if I did that show two years ago, I probably wouldn't have even made it through. I probably would have got injured or um, I certainly didn't have the same level as like resilience that I have now to be able to cope with a nine event, you know, yeah. three day show in Iceland, stood out in a field in the piss and rain at like minus two degrees, whatever it was. So yeah, it was good. It, it definitely looked like a fun event. I, I I must admit, I enjoyed watching it, and it's probably one of the most fun shows I've watched all year long. Um, yeah. see, I saw stuff on social media. It seemed like everybody that were competing were loving it. I mean, I don't I don't know how you can not enjoy yourself with a character like Rongo Keen rocking about. It seems it seems a bit yeah. of a character. So yeah, we was um, I think there was like we was in the minibus and. Uh, I ended up sandwiched between Rongo and Pa for three days straight, just traveling <laughs> around, just traveling around Iceland. And uh, as fun as it was, those two are an absolute fucking madman. Um, yeah. A lot of love, a lot of love for them, but at the same time, when I got home, I just I didn't talk to anyone for like three days. I was completely, completely burnt out. But, uh, I loved it, and I think um, I think there is an offer for me to go back out there again this year. I think the podium get gain and automatic invite. I'm not too sure on that, but I will absolutely be there 100% if they invite me. So that's yeah, can imagine it's a show that not many people would want to turn down. Obviously, I know uh, Magnus runs a number of qualifiers to earn or earn the right to go, uh, yeah. and obviously Tristan Tristan Hoth. I hope I'm getting his name right. Uh, obviously, interesting Tristan. I just called him Rumi. He, uh, he was my roommate for three days. Well, there you go. Uh, a very strong room, obviously. Uh, he, yeah. he went on to win the competition kind of out of nowhere and not really expected to do anything, uh, to win it by anybody. Um, I know. Well, he didn't even. I mean, yeah. when I when I turned up, we got chatting about, you know, our expectations and stuff. And he said he'd be happy with mid-pack. And then he, wow. goes, he goes and wins Doesn't the show. So, yeah, I think he only won... The one one event, the arm over arm. Yeah. Other than that, he was just consistent. I mean, there was lads winning events like me or Rongo or Pavlo, mm. but then on the on the next event, I'd place eighth or ninth. Whereas Tristan was just solid. He was yeah. fourth, fifth over the, the whole competition. So fair play to him. Yeah, um, obviously one event at that competition was obviously the famous Husafell Stone. Um, how, how was it? Kind of. Getting your hands on on that, um, I tried to sort of. There was, a, I remember, there was a period where I was stood there and I tried to kind of soak in the moment. You know, it was historic and stuff. But at the same time, I was just fucking freezing cold. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, you can't warm up. You literally, you get in the minibus, they take you to the site, and it is literally just a bunch of stones in a field. So there's no warming up. There's no nothing. Um, our warm up was literally. Maggie gets a blowtorch and he just fucking sprays it over the gun, over the um, over the stone to kind of get all the the ice off, and that's pretty much good to go. The stone itself was awkward, obviously as you'd expect, but um, I think I, I did pretty well on it. I think I come second, mm-hmm. but um, it slipped big time, slipped all the way down into the bottom of my hand, into my wrist, and I just ended up basically bicep curling it for the last half a revolution or whatever it was, which in hindsight was pretty stupid, <laughs> but. Um, and yeah, I think given the conditions of the day as well, I think if we go back again this year, 
with slightly better conditions. I think either someone, not saying me, but possibly me, more than likely it'll be Villiers will break the world record. Um, it's well within quite a number of people's reach. So definitely, I think that will go this year. Yeah, which would be historic to see, obviously. I think every strongman fan knows about the Who's Fell Stone, knows about kind of the history and the lore around it and kind of yeah. this mystical vibe around it. It's, it's definitely one that every strongman fan wants to see probably in their lifetime. Um, but for yourself then, your journey in strongman, um, it's well documented that you come from the world of powerlifting first. Um, yeah. When was the first time you sort of started your strongman training? Um, it's actually during lockdown so um, obviously they shut all the gyms and stuff um, so I couldn't train powerlifting because powerlifting is very specific you need certain bars, certain plates certain racks and everything else which is something that I I didn't have the luxury of at home um, at the time but what I did have was you know I had mates that owned gyms and stuff so they lent me some kit I think I had a log I had some sandbags, some farmer's handles so I was basically forced into strongman. If I wanted to continue resistance training um, during lockdown, then I had to start basically with a strongman. Um, right. I remember I entered, um, it was Fit Expo 2021. They were hosting a deadlift competition. Mm. And at the time, I'd just deadlifted 420 for the first time. So I figured I wanted to get onto a platform and pull over 400, which I've never done in a competition. I think my current competition personal best at the time was like mid 300 so right. i wanted to get a 400 in comp um so i signed up for that and then like a month later they announced england's strongest man was at the same venue same weekend and i, I looked at the events and it was on, online qualifier and stuff and i just figured you know i remember it, i remember the moment clear as day i looked at my brother and he looked at me and we just said fuck it let's do it let's see we can at least do the online qualifier see where we stack up and then um i ended up um, topping the leaderboard of the online qualifier. And then that was it, really. I was like, okay, I guess I'm actually going to be a strong man now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the prep was the worst prep I've ever had. At the time, I was still coaching myself at the time. Mm. I wasn't under um, MSD Systems. I started prep January 2021. Um, and the competition was initially supposed to take place in April. Right. Uh, but with COVID and lockdowns and all this kind of stuff, it's postponed. And postponed again and it didn't and it ended up happening in August. Mm. So I basically started my prep in January and I was just full throttle all the way till August. Which by that point I was absolutely hanging. I had hamstring tears, I had all sorts going on with me. Um but I just sort of just powered through on the day and luckily won because um <laughs> that was the only competition that I did which wasn't a giant live um up until recently. So it sort of catapulted me straight up into the big league straight away, which again, I was not expecting in the slightest. Um, <clears throat> I still didn't even know if I wanted to be a strong man when I got invited <laughs> to my first experience. So, Yeah, I think yeah. my first exposure to yourself as a strong man was at uh, Britain's Strongest Man in 2022. Um, I was actually at that show. And I just remember this, this almost nobody, I don't want to call him <laughs> nobody now, but... At that time, it was like, who's this kid? Um, absolutely flinging these bags over the bag, over the bag, tossing. I thought, yeah. hey, this kid's got a bit. Um, <laughs> how was that sort of show uh, for you? Was sort of your first bit, kind of big Giants live? 
<coughs> it's actually my second. So I did my Sorry. first ever Giants Live was Britain's 2021. Right. If you remember, because the, the calendar was flipped on its head in 2021, it was yeah. Britain's 2021 was in October. And then they did 2022 Britons like four months later. Yeah. Um, but at, at that time, I was still like such a newbie to any of these events. I remember my first Britons, there was a dumbbell, a dumbbell ladder. And I had six weeks to learn how to pick up a dumbbell. Never done it before. So not only, not only am I trying to learn a brand new event for the very first time within six weeks, I'm also trying to get it up to a pro level and not embarrass myself. And that's that was basically the reoccurring theme for like the first handful of Giants live shows I did because again, Britain's twenty twenty two. There was an axle floor to overhead, and again, I had no experience with an axle. There was a couple of weird events in there, but the, the reason why throwing went really well for me was because it was something that I could train with high frequency. So I trained it like three or four times a week, yeah. um, which over the course of like ten weeks, you know, forty training sessions. I ended up getting pretty good at it, whereas you can't have that luxury of training deadlift or axle or whatever four times yeah. a week. So I knew that I couldn't get much stronger within that time period. But what I ended up doing was just trying to get more skillful and refined, yeah. just um, also resilient because at the time as well, I was so fragile. <clears throat> going into strongman for the first time and going straight into the pro scene, um, I didn't have the level of resilience and I was just a, like tiptoeing around injuries left right and center so we were really kind of on that teetering edge all the time so yeah it wasn't really an enjoyable time but um yeah, i think everything changed for me after the bag toss at 2022 and the atlas stones um that's that's pretty much what i think gave me <clears throat> gave me my invite to worlds that year yeah yeah i think that put you into sort of finishing fifth i think was it fourth yeah fourth, fourth. I think just a couple of points off the podium. Yeah. Um, I did, yeah, that was it. I did the, the shield carry was the first event, yeah. and I, I think I pretty much come dead last. Um, mm. Had it been, you know, if I just gained an extra three places on that, which it was a good event for me as well. In training, I was close to the world record. I was hitting sort of 55, 60 metres with comp weight, and then I just, uh, for one reason or another, it fell apart the day. That tricky shield carry it carry it catches a few people out on on yes. event dates. It's it's not the easiest thing to do, is it? No, it's not. It's horrible. It's not. Um, talking about sort of keeping on the Brits talk. Obviously, twenty twenty three didn't go uh, exactly. We'll say exactly how you wanted it. Obviously, you pulled out after yeah. I think two uh, <coughs> of the bars. One of the bars in the deadlift oh, yeah. ladder. Oh, yeah. First event, two bars. First yeah, event, yeah. yeah, two bars at the deadlift ladder. Um, yeah. Just. I'm sure people might have heard this, but talk us through what what kind of happened in the build up to that and um, happened yeah. there. Um, prep went really well. Um, they were reasonably good events for me, um, and then it was the week of the competition, so obviously it takes place on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think it was Wednesday. I just come down with this horrible illness. I'm not usually like a sicky person either, so this was just really bad timing, and um, I ended up losing nine and a half kilos within three days. I messaged Giants Live as soon as this was happening. And um, I was debating on whether or not to pull the plug. And I stupidly thought, you know, even if I'm just 80, 90%, I reckon I can have a good go at this. Yeah. Um, I still, I got to the competition um, the day before. The only thing that I was able to stomach whatsoever was plain rice and plain chicken breast. If there was 
any seasoning, any any sauce, any anything, it would just come straight back out or go through me. Um, so for some reason, I had some kind of really bad stomach bug. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the main issue. It was the, the dehydration that accompanied that. Um, the, the people at Giant Slive were trying to rehydrate me as much as we possibly could with IVs and stuff. I had a double IV. Um, I sort of resaturated a little bit. I got my body weight back up a bit. But by the time the show started, I remember I was warming up for the first event, which was deadlifts, and I clipped on my SPD belt around my belly. And obviously from where I'd been so poorly, my belly was distended. It was literally huge. It was sticking out. It was so heavily inflamed that I couldn't properly brace against my belt without being in quite a bit of pain. <clears throat> Went out, did the first event, and basically did, I think, I can't remember the weights. It was like 300 and then 320 or whatever it was. Um, I basically did them without bracing my core because I couldn't. Um, and then obviously I twinged my back and <laughs> the rest was history. Um, and there was, there was no way I could have continued. I couldn't have walked with a thousand pounds on my back for that car walk. I couldn't have done the Viking prep. I couldn't have done any event after that illness. So, um, yeah, I made the decision, pulled the plug. Um, and in hindsight, and this is still what I say now, I think if I'm in that position again, I would have just pulled out on the Wednesday. I would have just messaged him and said, and just said, listen, I'm not good. I can't compete. Game over. Um, but silly old me was just trying to be a bit stubborn and persevere and get away with it. But um, it only ended up damaging my reputation because if you look at the results, you'll see me on the bottom of the pile. And if you don't know any better, you'll just think that I came dead last with, with no other reason. So um, unless I'm 95, 100%, going into a competition next time I'm just not going to do it yeah. I suppose that's all all part of this process obviously you're still fairly young in your strongman journey so it's about learning the learning yeah. about your body learning about what you know you can compete at a yeah. level if, if you're feeling a bit off it's maybe better to sort of pull out I felt the pressure though to be fair I think had I been in the position I'm in this year where I, I wouldn't necessarily quote unquote need to do Brits it would have been an easier decision to make. But at the time, I remember thinking, you know, I'm not one of the athletes yet that's an established regular at Giants Live. Um, but yeah, it only ended up damaging the reputation. It didn't It didn't help it. No one patted me on my back for trying. So I just should have, uh, just should have pulled out, to be honest with you. Then obviously went into sort of Europe's um, bit of a tri- tricky competition. Seems like everybody seemed to struggle um, on that log ladder, apart from the Ukrainians. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Pavlo and Alexei are just different breed when it comes to that sort of event, clearly. Yeah. Um, and yourself, uh, I think the standout moment for yourself on the uh, Europe's show is the deadlift. Yeah. Um, maybe hit the floor a little a little hard on that <laughs> one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Europe was okay. I think again. I think I was the last minute call up. I think it yeah, was, you were, you were a reserve, if I remember. Yeah, um, but you know, I gave it a good shot. And I remember at that time. Now, bear in mind, I just fell on my face at Britain's after withdrawing. The show before that was Worlds, where I got injured. So it's it was getting to me now that I started to you know I had this monkey in my back. I started to think can I even make it through a show without yeah. something happening? Um, so Europe's, so I was somewhat reserved. I never really, apart from the deadlift, I sort of just kept the limiter on myself and I just wanted to finish the show and, um, you know, rebuild instead of kind of 
break myself down even further. But yeah, the deadlift. Um, <coughs> I, bet I had I had um, a brand new deadlift suit, and it didn't have the adjustable Velcro straps. Right. And I put the suit on backstage, and I said to my brother, "I said I'm gonna I'm gonna pass out here because this is way too tight." Um, and I even said to Darren when I walked out, I said, "Darren, is it right if my brother comes and just stands nearby?" Because I said I'm, I'm probably gonna hit the deck here. And then um, I. Did, I did the fifth rep or the sixth rep, whatever it was, went for the seventh rep. And I, I remember thinking the clearest day, I said, I'm going to do this seventh rep and then I'm going to black out. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> happened. Uh, it's quite funny because it's a running joke now, but um, I remember waking up um, or coming back around or whatever. And I, my, my first my first initial reaction was, why is Darren Sadler in my bedroom? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Um yeah, that's and I, I got stuck to the bar. I had figure of eights on, yeah. and I got stuck to the bar. And you know they're trying to take the suit off, take my belt off to get me to get me to breathe, and I'm still stuck on the bar. So um, I think that's one of the reasons they're not the reason, but it's one of probably the reasons they're trying to get rid of figure of eights. Yeah, I think I think they've used that in a, as an example in certain uh, athlete meetings now. Uh, yeah. They are just trying to move away from figure of eights, especially for when you're doing reps just because of people passing out and not kind of being able to help them. is a one rep max is because the record, the current record set on figure of eights. But I think yeah. if or when, you know, someone like Bish or whoever, Pixie breaks the world record without figure of eights, I think we won't, we won't be seeing them again. Yeah. They can, if you think about it that way, they are a little bit dangerous. Yeah. 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 Strong yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of your brother, and obviously we we mentioned him in the opening. Obviously, we spoke to Kane. Um, what's it like having those two guys that are obviously talented strongmen in their own right, having them as sort of your biggest training partners and almost your biggest inspiration to get better every day? Um, do you know what? I, people ask me this quite a lot. I don't know the difference, obviously, because I've never really not had them around, but. Um, we all bring a different dynamic to the group, I think. Um, I'm sort of like a quite a reserved lifter. I don't get crazy hyped. Kane's the opposite. He loves to mm. scout on screen. Um, yeah. Mitch is quite like me, to be fair. He's quite calculated. But at the same time, me and Kane will often um, just get really competitive with each other, which is good. It's like, you know, good competition. Yeah. But Mitch won't engage in that at all for one reason or another, which I think you probably should to be fair um, but yeah training is pretty good um, pros and cons obviously <laughs> Kane is you know what Kane's like um, yeah. he's a bit of a child sorry <laughs> <Kane>. <laughs> no he's he's good he's good to be around um, he, you know, he brightens up the day and all that kind of shit but at the same time I'm glad when he leaves um, I'll see him again next week <laughs> Oh, it's it's great to see the interaction between you two on social media. It, it, it's like it's it's genuinely just like two brothers. Is yeah, what I, what I always compare it to. It does matter, but I love him. Exactly, exactly. Um, one one training moment I brought up to Kane in the last episode as well is that obviously now infamous bag toss incident where he he, he almost died. Um, yeah. we we enjoyed we had a little chuckle, uh, Demi and Kane about the fact that you're. Just quite happily stood there, filming along, don't even move, just go, oh, watch out, watch out, watch out. But you make sure you get the shot. I'm literally, I'm screaming at him. I can't remember what words I was using. 
watch out, watch out, watch out. Yeah. And I just see him like, oh, looking around, <laughs> like, I can't watch. But the thing is, we came. That was just one of the many, many times he's had like a near death experience. Uh, I think did we have one today? Actually, I can't remember. <laughs> I remember something happened. Something happens every session. He either breaks some of my kit or my car. He broke my car the other week or he nearly dies. Um, yeah. So. It, it's, it's quite funny to see strongmen um, breaking kit, I've always found. Have you seen the video of Rongo Keane breaking the Atlas Stone at Giants Live HQ? Oh, I don't know. Was that Rongo? What was was it Rongo? Was it Pat? No, I'm th- I think there's one at Rongo, I think just before the Strongman yeah. Classic that he were over oh, for. Because right. I think he came down with somebody and they broke it. Um, if not, somebody's got it in the Giants Live team. When you're at Britain's Strongest Man in a couple of weeks, ask somebody to see it. Because oh, his face is hilarious. <laughs> Looks like a naughty oh, school kid who's just been caught. Oh, it's fucking so funny. I'm a lot of time Rongo. But it's a lot, yeah. I, I got I got the chance to sort of be around him at the Strongman Classic, and he just seems like a bundle of energy, even though he was like definitely at the Strongman Classic. <laughs> no, he's brilliant. He's I really fun. hope to see him back at Giants Live as well. Yeah, um, this year I think he's above all else. Obviously, he's like charismatic and he's a laugh and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, he's a, he's a fucking good athlete. Um, strong. He's, yeah, just super strong, super resilient, um, quick. Yeah, obviously the the only detriment that he has is obviously where he lives. I think yeah. worth the fact that he was literally on the other side of the planet. You could probably get a few more invites, but yeah, there's a couple of guys like that. So I think Matt Rag, obviously, we saw what he can do at the uh, World Tour Finals. Obviously, managed to land a podium there, but he's another one that's incredibly strong, incredibly talented. Probably just unfortunately. Maybe a little too far away sometimes when people are considering who to invite. That's the thing. People people have... Um, I've known of Matt Rag for a couple of years now because obviously he's coached by Shane as well. Yeah. Um, Shane said to us one day, he said, there's this, there's this absolute freak that lives down under that's just an absolute savage and no one knows who he is. So I started you know, following him on Instagram and stuff. So I've been aware of him for a while, but when you're reading... It's quite funny when you're reading like comments from fans and stuff and they're like oh wow who's this Matt Rag guy um, it's like the, you know he's six time is it six time five time Some multiple time percent. national champion yeah, yeah. And, you know um, he's not new to the sport in any no. way shape or form he's just unheard of and it makes me wonder how many other people there are out there mm. like that yeah I had it um, when I was doing sort of awards over Christmas time on, on All Things Strong on Instagram just put a plug out there follow if you don't Um it was up for the most improved kind of strongman of the year. And it's like, I had a few people message me saying, Matt Rag's always been an absolute monster. He's, yeah. he's, he's not most improved this year. He's always been like this, but it's... He's uh, just come onto people's radar. Yeah, he's had more exposure this year. Obviously, made the final of the World's Strongest Man, the World Tour Finals uh, podium. People are seeing him now, rightly so, in, in the light that he should be, which is... But yeah, as you say, I wonder how many more absolute f- monsters that are out yeah. there. That I, I haven't seen yet. Matt's going to level up again this year. I think. I think big time. I could even see him on some major podiums this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how he gets on to be there. Yeah, you mentioned your coach in the coach there. Obviously, Shane German at uh, MST. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that I've sort of 
got <laughs> heard about more and more sort of as as I've been kind of delving myself into this more into the showman world with with my Instagram and and things like that. Just a word on how great he is as sort of a coach and sort of uh, how great he's been for your development and continued continued growth. There's just when it comes to Shane, there is no bullshit whatsoever, which is what I like. Um, he's not the type of coach to fluff up your ego um, again, which is what I like. One of the reasons why I picked Shane as my coach in the first place was because he was at my very first competition, uh, England's Strongest Man. <coughs> and um, he'd been coaching my brother for a while, so I had a relatively good insight into what his coaching was like anyway. Yeah. Um, but he come up to me after the show, and uh, I had people at the time sort of blowing smoke up my ass, um, you know, winning the show, it was my debut, all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Shane did congratulate me, but then he also went straight to criticising me. And I was like, yes, I need this. this is, yeah. I don't want people blowing smoke. I, yeah. You know, the way that I improve is by people tearing me down and picking all my weaknesses and focusing on yeah. them. So Shane did that. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is the guy for me. And then um, obviously it's been two, over two years now, I think. Um, wow. I don't I don't see it changing. Um, as long as he continues to coach me, as long as he's happy to have me. Um, <laughs> I'm happy with Shane, yeah. Nice, nice. It's, it's, I suppose it's great to have that accountability and knowing a coach that's, as you say, not just going to pat you on back and tell you everything's great and rosy and you, you're doing fantastic. He's, he's there to make you better every single day, yeah. isn't he? Well, he cares about it. And it's good as well, actually, because this year um, he plans to attend pretty much all of the major shows. Nice. So he's going to Brits, he's backstage with me. Um, he's coming out to Worlds um, and he's never done this with me before anyway, he's never been backstage with me. So I've always had someone like Kane or my brother or my dad, which is all well and good. But at the same time, I feel like it's potentially held me back. No disrespect to them, but um, I respond well from sort of like an authoritarian coaching style. So when I have someone that's a family member or a friend trying to tell me what to do backstage, warming up, do this, do that, it just Mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't hit right. I need someone to literally just command or demand what I do. And it's as simple yeah. as that. So Shane, Shane will be a Brits backstage with me. I think like that's going to be a big, a big change, a big positive change. And same with Worlds and stuff this year as well. Nice, nice. Moving on to then Brits, obviously it's a couple week, couple weeks away. We're literally two, it's two weeks today as we record this. Um, obviously on the 27th of January. How's preparation gone? How's sort of the last few weeks gone for yourself in preparation for that show? Really well, really well. So obviously my the show that I did just before was the Magnus Classic, which was in November. Yeah. Um, for that show, I decided to come in a little bit light because obviously um, I was up against Pavlo and everyone else, and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't a competition that warranted being heavy. Yeah. So I slimmed down. I got down to, I think, I weighed about 141 kilos on the day, which is quite light for me. Usually mm-hmm. at a giant slide, I'm between sort of 150 to 160. Um, so this prep, I've got quite heavy again. I'm back up to about 160 now, just because the events are quite statically orientated for Brits. Yeah. It, it was warranted. So prep's been good. Um, touch wood. No niggles, no injuries. Um, obviously, I've been training and silence pretty much um i haven't really been posting any lifting footage whatsoever for a couple of reasons 
But um, training's going well. I'm hitting the numbers, and I think on the day we will see. We'll see. I, did, I have noticed that on social media, whereas previously I'd seen quite a lot of your prep and sort of leading up to the shows. I saw yeah. today, obviously, where your last sort of big event session, Kane's put out quite a number of his lifts, looked mm-hmm. at yourself, and it's it's fairly radio silent. Is there a reason yeah. for it, sort of that <clears throat> switch and staying a little more sort of in the shadows? A couple of reasons, yeah. It's not really to... Um hide away from competitors. It's not like I don't want them to see what I'm up to. It's nothing like that. Um, when I started this preparation, I really thought about it and I, I figured to get the most out of this prep, I need to avoid social media a bit more, to be honest with you. Um, when you're seeing other lads hitting different numbers, different days and all this kind of stuff, it can mess with you. It has messed with me in the past. Mm. Whereas now I just go into the gym. I'm not looking at social media. I've got my program. If it tells me to do X, Y, and Z, I will do X, Y, and Z. I won't sort of add five kilos here or add a rep there just to kind of compete with other people's training. Yeah. It's not what I'm all about. I'm, you know, I want to compete at a competition, and that's all it boils down to. So the prep has gone really well. I've enjoyed it more than probably any other prep as well, and I think that's probably the reason. I've sort of just... I live in the middle of the sticks. Um, I train by myself most of the time, unless it's an event session. And um, I, I'm not comparing myself to anyone else. I'm literally just, you know, getting my head down and cracking on. So it's been a, an interesting approach, but it's probably something that I'm going to carry on moving forwards. And then also, um, I just fucking hate recording myself and, and posting it. Whereas now I'm also working with a videographer. So oh, nice. he's um, he's been shooting some content over the last sort of four or five weeks now which will sort of start being um, put out on socials over the next couple of weeks. So I just, for a couple of reasons, like I said, but also I want my social media to be more about just me as a person and less about what I'm lifting. Yeah. Um, but then when you do see the lifting stuff, it's high quality content and it's not just my iPhone footage, basically. Yeah. So you did, didn't want to get in the uh, contest of who could uh, one motion the biggest stone? That was <laughs> one of the silliest things I've ever seen. Um, I enjoyed it. But I was there for, so obviously we saw Luke Carr pop over 200 one motion. And then I think a week later, Paddy did it. Yeah. Um, the, the day that Paddy did it, we were training. And um, uh, Mitch, I think it was either Mitch or Kane, he, he found it on social media whilst we were training. And he said, oh, Kane, Paddy's just one motion 200. And you can just see Kane's eyes start to twitch like this. <laughs> um, and then we started training stones, and I knew straight away Kane was going to go one up Paddy. And that's just, you know, fair play to him, but at the same time, um, it was fucking stupid. Um, yeah. I think it's like eight seconds to one motion. It. Yeah. Um, it wasn't purely, purely, purely to one up someone. Yeah. I'd rather just one up him on the day. So yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I had no interest yeah. in it. <laughs> Yeah, the lineup for Brits is quite easily the strongest probably it's ever been. Um, yeah. how, how do you feel sort of going up against this field of athletes? <clears throat> Good. Um, again, I'm not kind of getting tied into what other people are doing, but I think if I'm able to hit what I know I can hit on these events, um, I will, I'll be on the podium 100%. Nice. Um, you look at things like throwing, at the Stones, I don't see myself outside of the top two. 
especially with how training is going. Um, just to give people a little sneak peek, I think I won Britain's two years ago with a 18 point something second throwing bag mm. run. Um, I've gone sub 12 seconds multiple wow. times in training. Wow. Um, it's, yes, I, I don't think it's possible to go much faster. Um, Stones again, yeah, I'm pretty competitive. I'd probably put myself behind Tom in the UK. I think that's a fair argument. Um, yeah. My deadlift is flying ever since Cardiff, really. I, my deadlift's just leveled up. Um, I feel like I can probably pull a thousand pounds any day. Um, arm over arm, again, good event. Um, and then the, the only event that's potentially a chink in my armour is the axle. Um, but I feel like on the day I'm going to shock quite a lot of people. So, yeah, it's she's shaping up. I feel like there's a few people that are looking at that axle and seeing that as sort of the only one that they maybe might struggle on. And I yeah. spoke to Paddy Ains in his episode. He said the he feels confident with the other four, but the axle press is maybe the one that he's feeling a little bit shaky on. Um, yeah. Obviously for yourself, being a static monster, obviously from your powerlifting days, but the ability to mix it up in the in the moving events as well. I know yeah. there's not too too much movement, but obviously the, you've got the movement in between the bags. Mm-hmm. Are you are you for the bag toss? Is it basically stand and just launch? Are you not taking a step back? I'm guessing if wow. you're going sub twelve. I'm throwing from the spot, um, and I've started my prep um, throwing about two and a half meters away from the implement, and then I've progressed how far away I'm throwing from. So um, today in training, I was throwing four meters away, and obviously over four point six. Um, and we're still looking at like a sub 14 second run when I'm doing it that way as well. So um, throwing is just one of those events that comes really natural to me. So, um, and yeah, again, I'm fairly confident with that. Arm over arm, fairly confident with that. Obviously, it's a bit of a, there's a mild grip element, mm. which plays to my advantage, I reckon. Um, and then speed over the ground. Um, stones, stones are stones. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm feeling very confident. It's it, it's going to be a great competition to watch all of you compete in. I think the bag toss is definitely an event I've got circled. I feel like it's going to be incredibly tight and probably come down to if anybody makes a mistake. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see it. I've told a few people this. I went, it's Shane's to lose is the bag mm-hmm. toss. So no pressure. No. I'm, I'm bigging you up. I don't know if anybody's listening, but I'm bigging you up on the bag toss. Um, I've been bigging myself up and now I sort of semi-regret it, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, you've just told us you've done it in sub-12. Um, <laughs> so anything over that and we'll be um, asking questions, really. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of 2024, then obviously we've, we've talked about Brits, we've talked about, obviously you've got your invite for World Strongest Man in 2024. Any other competitions that you'd like to do? Obviously, we mentioned the the Maggie Classic again. If you if you go back to that, anything else you've got your eye on? Um, Britons, and then I will shift my focus onto Worlds. Typically, with the close proximity close proximity between Europe's and Worlds, usually the events are sort of similar anyway. Yeah. So, if I get a call up for the Europe's, I will more than likely take it. Um, then Worlds, and then I would personally love to do the Royal Albert Hall. It's like a, it's like a bucket list venue. Um, but we'll see. I haven't got that lined up yet. The only ones confirmed 
SEL England's. Um, I've just accepted my invitation for England's Strongest Man, which is in June, yeah. July. Um, what else? I want to have a pop at the deadlift. I want to get £1,000 ticked off. But with it being out in Vegas, I'm not sure how that's going to pan out. Obviously, they're going to probably invite a lot of other um, Americans to that competition. Um, and I'm probably not at the top of the list of who to invite, but yeah. hopefully that may change after Worlds and stuff. Um, and I think there's the potential for me to be out in Vegas at that time on that weekend anyway with the works thing. Oh, nice. um, so I might just take my kit back out there just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope um, Darren Sadler or somebody at Giants Live is listening to this podcast. Um, yeah, if, probably, if, you... if anyone is, it'll be Ben. So Ben, <laughs> he, he already knows. Oh. Ben, sort me out. But yeah, I mean, I think Ben's trying to get his own invite to Vegas. I've been spoken to him a few times. I think me and him are both trying to say, oh, we come hand in hand with me sort of doing the uh, scoreboards for the for the yeah. social media. Like, we need to be there. Yeah, they need to. I, think they, I think, I can't remember who said this as well, but a Giants Live, if it's picked up and moved abroad, it still needs to be the entire Giants Live crew. They can't just outsource the work to other people, companies, whatever, because it won't have the same factor. I think Giant Slide is what it is because of, you know, Lindsay and Darren and whoever else behind the scenes, Ben and Zoe and whoever else behind the yeah. scenes, you know, it's those guys that really make it. So people like yourself as well, you just, yeah. it, it wouldn't be the same if it weren't the same basis. So hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, it's you, you've got the guys that do the loading and the, the resetting of events. And I feel like they've got it down to an absolute science. Um, yeah. Yeah, It'd be so. a, a big detriment to the event if those guys aren't there. I'm not putting myself in that category. I just sit aside and do a little bit of social media stuff. Um, <laughs> but the guy you mentioned, you mentioned Lindsay. She's yeah. obviously instrumental in putting the shows on. Darren will obviously be yeah. be there. But yeah, I know what you mean. The, the, if they take everybody over, it'll be a great show. Yeah. Um, so. so it needs to be there. But yeah, the the Royal Albert All show as well for for yourself. Um, it is such an iconic venue. Yeah, uh, I was there last year, and just t- just in absolute awe of that venue. Um, obviously, a great competition as well. They do some different events there. Yeah. Obviously, they've got to mix it up because of the space that it's quite limited. Um, yeah. But it'd be great to see you at those competitions, and it'd be great yeah. to see if if you can nail that thousand pound deadlift in twenty twenty four. It's going to happen. I've just got to find the competition to do it in. Otherwise, I can't really warrant doing it in training. But yeah. maybe I need to do it in training for them to warrant me an invite. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I'll have to work. I might just send it. <laughs> Why not? If, you, if you've got that little bit of downtime and, and Europe's yeah. is uh, maybe a little bit too far away, just just casually pull a £1,000 deadlift in gym and just, just in your downtime. Just send it to Darren or Lindsay. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How about these guys? Send. <laughs> but no um, I think we're going to wrap things up there Shane um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to yourself I believe this is now probably the longest podcast we've done so uh, I think we're, we're just around no no don't don't apologise it's been great stuff I, I just feel like I, I didn't want to stop you going um, obviously the chat it's been great talking to yourself great learning about sort of how you got started in the sport and obviously covering my 2023 and 2024 coming up you got anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, mate. Just, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, thank you to anyone that's listened to this. Um, 
and yeah, if you want to take my offer up on coaching, obviously drop me a DM, email, coaching, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, two weeks out, British Strongest Man. Yeah, he's, he's mentioned it there. Britain's Strongest Man is the next show that Shane Flowers will be in action at. It's on Saturday, 27th of January at the Utilita Arena in Sheffield. There's a few tickets left on GiantsLive.com. If you can't get a ticket and can't get to Sheffield to watch it in person, uh, the show will be available on OfficialStrongman.com. The live stream is absolutely fantastic and I cannot recommend it more if you kind of want to catch the event. Obviously, they've got on their past shows as well, if you want to go back through the catalogue and watch it as well. But yes, Britain's Strongest Man will be an absolutely amazing show. You don't want to miss it at all. But yeah, thank you for taking the time out, for listening to this podcast. Thank you to Shane Flowers for joining us. Catch you guys later.